nice to be sharing in worship with you here today. It's always good to be back on home ground. In a quiet time now, we're just going to bring our thoughts to God. So let us pray. God of abounding love, we come to you this morning in these very strange times that we live. Help us to empty our heads and clear our minds. Help us to leave everything at the foot of your cross so that we may dedicate this time of worship to you and to you alone. Through your love and grace. Amen. Our first song this morning, or hymn, I think I'm vibrating, am I? Am I? No? <laughs> I feel like I'm echoing. Um, it's actually from Singing the Faith, but it doesn't have a hymn number because it's only available online, like a lot of things these days. And it's called The World We Thought We Knew Is Changing Fast, and Kath's going to sing it for us. line as well this time sorry
to have our prayers of adoration and love. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We worship and adore you. We glorify your name in all the earth. Father, we've gathered together this morning in this place to worship you. We come to give you the honour and praise for you are our Lord. You are our Saviour. You are our God. We look around us and cannot help but see your love from the wonder of creation to the compassion and love you have placed in people's hearts. We bring you our thanks and praise for your love for each one of us. You see us exactly as we are. There's nothing we can hide from you. And yet you say to each of us that we are loved We are worthy. There's nothing any of us can do to make you love us anymore because you already love us to the utmost. Love us so much that you died on that cross for us. What kind of love is this? This is a love which is so amazing. The only thing we can do is respond And give our lives to follow you and serve you. So as we gather together this morning, may we know deep in our hearts your unfailing love. And open us up to respond to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Kath. You're doing an amazing job in difficult times. I just want to say that... <clears throat> um, to put acts of worship together, whether it's actually in um, a church building or online, the amount of work that goes in and the amount of people that are putting it all together, I just want to wonder if you can hold them in your prayers throughout the week. Um, we're all working and learning new ways of doing things and it's very challenging. So if you could just throughout the week hold people in the prayers as they're putting acts of worship together. Our first reading is taken from Matthew 22 verses 34 to 36 and it's called the greatest commandment. Hearing that that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul And with all your mind, this is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbour as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. 
While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? The son of David, they replied. He said to them, How is it then that David, speaking by the Spirit, calls him Lord? For he says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If then David calls him Lord, how can he be his son? No one could say a word in reply. And from that day on, no one dared to ask him any more questions. Tony's going to come to and read our second reading, which is from 1 Thessalonians. second reading is taken from Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians. It's in chapter 2, reading verses 1 to 8. And the section is entitled, Paul's Ministry in Thessalonica. You know, brothers, that our visit to you was not a failure. We had previously suffered and been insulted in Philippi, as you know. But with the help of God, we, declared, we dared to tell you his gospel in spite of strong opposition. For the appeal we make does not spring from error or impure motives nor are we trying to trick you. On the contrary, we speak as men approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We are not trying to please men, but God, who tests our hearts. You know we never use flattery, nor did we put on a mask to cover up greed. God is our witness. We are not looking for praise from men, not from you or anyone else. As apostles of Christ, we could have been a burden to you, but we were gentle among you, like a mother caring for her little children. We loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well, because you had become so dear to us. Amen. Thank you, Tony. Our next hymn is another one... um, that we've not sung or heard or listened to before. And the words are going to be on the screen and the music's going to come through an MP3 attachment. And it's called, The Lord is our God, our sovereign alone. 
He breathed us to life and made us his own. He gave us himself. He poured out his love and calls us to love in return. What a wonderful and portable summary we have of scripture here in a nutshell. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul and all your mind. And this is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbour as yourself. Do we have a picture, Luke? I just actually love this response that Jesus has for the Pharisees' question. And it really tickles me wondering what the Pharisees must have thought. For they were the ones that were meticulously following the 600 plus written laws of Moses and then Jesus kinds of tips all the law abiding ways that they try and keep with this statement Jesus simplifies the laws with two foundational responsibilities you must love the Lord your God with all your heart all your soul and all your mind This is the first and greatest commandment. Love your neighbour as yourself. It's like Jesus is some kind of superhero. Well, he's actually more than that. But for those around him, to hear these words must have been a relief. 
not for the Pharisees, but for every other person. These words normalise things and make access to God much more available to all. It's not complicated. And I'm going to start back to front and concentrate on the second commandment first, which is to love your neighbour as yourself. And at some time in our lives, I think all of us must have found it difficult to love ourselves. And I'm not talking in a pious and uppity way, but a gentle love of ourselves, like the gentle love of Jesus. As God made us in his image, have you got the next? If God made us in his image, And if we don't love ourselves, then what are we saying to God? So if God made us in his image, and if we say we don't love ourselves, what are we saying to God? Think about that. We as humans tend to beat ourselves up. We think that we are no good. We think that we're unworthy. And we have thoughts we know we shouldn't. Yet God still loves us, warts and all. Therefore, we should learn to love ourselves. It's about learning to be comfortable with who we are. And knowing who we are. Because we are God's children. Sisters and brothers in Christ. And no matter who we are, we are created uniquely by God, each and every one of us. Jeremiah chapter five, sorry, chapter one, verse five says this Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart as a spokesman to the world. How amazing is that? Surely, with that statement, we can realise how valuable we are, even with everything wrong with us. Has anyone ever asked you, what do you do or who you are? And then you reply with this. I think we need two more slides down. That's it. I'm just a teacher. I'm just a person who stays at home. I'm just a carer for my child. I'm just a shop assistant. I'm just a chef. You kind of get the picture, don't you? But let me tell you this. Drop the just Because in God's eyes, no one is a just. In God's eyes, we are lovely, human beings with whom he loves dearly. And if he loves us dearly, and we are made in his image, then we need to reflect Jesus' love by loving ourselves. 
showing that respect to him as we learn to love ourselves through God's grace and abounding love. Let us pray. Loving God, we thank you endlessly that we are created by you, already loved, already chosen, already befriended before we were born. We give thanks for your amazing grace upon our lives, which enables that opening to love ourselves. We give praise and thanks that when we do, let your, we do let you love us, we become an altogether new creation, awakening under your gentle touch on our lives and being more aware and more appreciative of the gift of being ourselves. We give thanks for this tremendous gift the tremendous privilege and the tremendous challenge we face daily in loving ourselves and by loving our neighbours. Amen. So, who is our neighbour? I know who mine are and I wouldn't like to be without them. And I love them dearly. But Jesus is actually talking about all our brothers and sisters in Christ as our neighbour. The whole world. So we should love them. How can you love your neighbour if you don't know them? And how can you love someone who has hurt you immensely? How do we love someone who doesn't want to be loved? And how do we love someone who has never experienced the unconditional love? But these are the people Jesus is asking us to love. By having a heartfelt love for ourselves, derived from the grace of God, then that should permeate out into our societies, our country and our world. I can always remember on TV the controversial discussion that took place after Princess Diana had shook hands with somebody suffering from leprosy. That image sticks vividly in my memory. She broke down the barriers and stigma that people with leprosy receive today. And this was done through her love of people. Just that simple handshake is slowly changing how the world sees people suffering with leprosy. Seeing them as humans, as children of God derived from her love of people. I know, <clears throat> I know I've told this story many times, 
But I want to share it with you again because I don't know whether it's 11 or 12 years on, it still hits me hard. Whilst in India, walking nearby the next school, we were among some of the homes of the local people. There was this lovely lady in her garden and I think she was amazed to see people who aren't local. I went over to her her, to shake her hand and say hi. She withdrew her hand from me. Christopher pointed out to me she didn't feel worthy to receive a handshake of love. Why? And it still really gets me today that another human being can feel so unworthy. It's shocking. It's a disgrace. Yet, that was how she was made to feel in a caste society that apparently no longer exists. And I pray that one day she will receive that unconditional love from God to learn to love herself and feel worthy enough to receive that handshake from a sister in Christ who is actually the same as her. So, who is our neighbour? If we take a look around us, but we're not allowed to at the present time, we know most of the people we come to church with. It's not just the people we feel comfortable with. Those who we know, it's not about that. It's about everyone. And loving everyone can be very challenging. Let us pray. God of love, as we think of our neighbours, our brothers and sisters in Christ, help us to love and to show us the way to love and to embrace all your children. As you love them, we must too. Show us the way to shine your love out into our communities and further afield. Amen. So, where does all this love come from? I asked, how much do you love me? This much, he answered, and he stretched out his arms and died. The love of God is like no other. All he has blessed us with and all the love we feel is directed from God. That is why we are able to love ourselves and love our neighbours, even though it's not easy. Loving God is what is asked of us. It shouldn't be a burden to love God, but a free 
awe-inspiring love that comes when we too open our arms to him. So, why should we love God? Why should we love our neighbour? And why should we love ourselves? Why should we decide and be challenged into leading a Christian life when it is so hard sometimes? Basically, it comes from love. And the love of God offers life in all its fullness. By loving God, he gives us the grace and the strength to achieve lives to be to sorry to achieve lives to be lived in all the fullness as he intended he gives us love that is beyond any comprehension to describe he gives us life in all its fullness and he gives us an inner peace so why would we want to miss out on all of that. For Christians, it is the base of our relationship with God and it has the power to conquer all, everything and everyone. It's the word that forms the basis of a Christian life. To love should dominate our emotions, direct our thoughts and be a dynamic motive to all our actions. But this can't be sought on our own. In the reading from Thessalonians, we see Paul recalling his ministry to the people. Paul's ministry, he was reminding them that his ministry was motivated by sincere love and empathy and no personal gain to him at all. And we too are called to share the message of God with others, so it can be seen as a great gift given so freely. Only through God's love, grace and forgiveness are we able to fulfil these two great commandments. The pure, untainted love of God will guide direct, encourage and sustain us to fill these commandments when we love God with all our hearts, our soul and all our mind. And as we share God's love to all, to all we meet, may our words and actions be filled by an unconditional love like no other. Amen. Our prayers of confession are from a hymn, hymn 422, and then I'm going to follow it by um, a reflection out of the book, to put it another way, by Nick Fawcett. So let us pray. Father, 
We have sinned in word and deed and thought. Through ignorance, through weakness, through deliberate fault. We sinned against our neighbours and against you, Lord. Yet we are truly sorry and we turn to you once more. Father of the nations, you who bless the poor, were servants of the endless one and drive for more. We've made our greed a virtue while the children starve. Come, change our joy to sorrow till our lives reflect your heart. Amen. This reflection I'm going to read is before our final hymn. Our final hymn is, hear the, no it's not, is it Kath? Our next hymn is, hear the call of the kingdom. And I just wanted to read this to you. Um, it's kind of a meditation. Teacher, I said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And I knew what he was going to say, even as I put the question. It was typical of the man's genius, somehow always turning the tables on those who tried to catch him out. And this was no exception. What is written in the law, he asked. What do you read there? Only this time, he would meet his match, for, unlike others, I was ready for him, all set to turn the tables back again and put him firmly on the spot. So I played along, confident of emerging, coming out on top. Love God, I said, and love your neighbour. It was the answer I knew he was looking for. And he nodded with a smile of satisfaction, as though that was that. The discussion at an end. The issue resolved. Do this and you will live. But that was my cue. And I leapt in gleefully, sensing the kill. Yes, I smirked. But who is my neighbour? Clever, don't you think of me? And I genuinely, genuinely believed I had him stumped. One masterly stroke exposing the fatal flaw in his reasoning. You see, it sounds reasonable enough, doesn't it? Love your neighbour as yourself. But what does it actually mean? If you've never asked yourself that, then it's high time you did. For perhaps then you'd be a little less keen on the idea, a little less prone to let the words trip so lightly off the tongue. Why? Well, quite simply, how wide did you spread the net? How far do you go before finally drawing the line? 
the people next door, they're your neighbours, or is it those in the street, your town, your country, those who share your creed or colour or culture? Where does it start and where does it end? You tell me. And that's the question I put to Jesus, fully expecting him to flounder as he tried to extricate himself from my trap. Come on, I reasoned. There had to be limits somewhere. The Romans, for example, are hated oppressors. He couldn't mean to love them for a start. Nor tax collectors, prostitutes and sinners. You could write them off for certain. Accept them and we'll be talking of Samaritans next. God forbid. So how about our enemies? Those who persecute, insult or accuse us falsely. Don't tell me we're meant to love them too. Preposterous. I had him pinned. I had him up against the wall. And there was no escape. Only then he looked at me. And somehow the question was once again back where it started with me. Which of these was a neighbour of man? I realised then with a stab of shock and a sense of disbelief that he meant it that he seriously wants us to treat everyone, everywhere as our neighbour, Jew and Gentile, slave and free, male and female, rich and poor, no person outside our concern, no situation we can wash our hands of. I'd put the question, I'd had the answer and I tell you what I wish I'd never asked we're going to um, have a powerpoint of the hymn from singing the faith 407 hear the call of the kingdom Christ walking justly before 
to our prayers of intercession and today down in on the plan it's actually um, down as the church anniversary I think officially the church anniversary is the first weekend in November the first Sunday in November but for some reason it was put down as as this week so we're not quite sure where we are but it's 2006 we opened the building I think yeah um, and it was the official opening um, round about this time so we're remembering our church, um, even though we're in strange times, um, we, we opened this building 14 years ago and uh, we're very thankful for it. Let's come to God in prayer. God of the past, the present and the future, we come to you to pray for others on this church anniversary day. God of our past, we thank you for the people who responded to your call to establish this church. We thank you for all its faithful people down the years, not just in this building, but in the years below, um, back from that, who've worked and prayed and given themselves out of love for you to those both within and outside these walls. God of the present, we pray for those of this church and community who are ill, 
anxious or sorrowful at this time. And I just ask if there's anybody particularly on your hearts at the moment, just to pray for them, to bring them before God. For his strength, his comfort, his power, his love to touch them at this time. We pray for our nation at this difficult time during this pandemic. We pray for a spirit of unity, of kindness and compassion as we face uncertainty and suffering. We ask that as a church, our hearts may be open to your presence and our ears may be tuned to your call. God of the future, we do not know what lies ahead, but we hear you challenging us to walk with you and with one another, without fear, into the unknown future. We pray that whatever life may bring, that your peace, which is beyond all human understanding, be with us forever. Amen. Our final song which I'm going to sing is Out of Singing the Faith and it's number 547 in Singing the Faith. I'm going to sing Beyond These Walls of Worship in the Stress and Joy of Life. Stress and joy of life Can we all 
just want to thank everybody who's put this service together. I want to thank Luke for his expert technology that he's been teaching me for CAF, for all the stewards that have worked tirelessly to put this act can I, to work. Can I just say a big thank you, even though he's not here for, for reasons that, that he knows. Um, Darren has put everything together into easy work. He does this every week and he's a star doing all sorts of things and, and really, uh, really want to thank him. We just if, give it all to them, don't we? <laughs> yeah, so we really want to thank him for that as yeah. well. I've, I've told him he's a star. <laughs> I asked how much do you love me? And he opened his arms and said this much, and then died on the cross. So go out from here with the love of God in your hearts. Be transformed by the love of God, and keep your arms open to receive his love. Amen. <laughs>